Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 593, believe it or not, of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined by the industry leaders, Stephen Kyle Brackey and Ben Funky Askren. Ben, what's up? Crypto on a heater or what? Oh, we, we've been on a heater for about three weeks now. I remember that one day I said, hey, we finally broke 20,000. You're like, ha, 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 tomorrow it's going to be down to 18. Suck it, Christian. It's at 31,000. <laughs> I'm having a party. I'm, I'm punking everyone on Twitter. I'm having a great day. Great day already. And it's only and a great week because we got so much wrestling. We got so much wrestling coming up. It's not even funny. It's not even funny. I refuse to laugh about the amount of wrestling we have coming. We had great wrestling last week. We got Big Ten schedules. We added a bunch of matches to the Burroughs Taylor card. And yesterday, USA Wrestling, we're going to get to this, probably not just this yet, the announced rosters for the Henry DeGlaine tournament in France. And we are sending three huge squads for freestyle women's and Greco. So a lot to get to there. But... I figure we got to start with the Big Ten schedule, Ben. I mean, we we ran dumped. We what'd you say? They news dumped it. News dumped it. Friday news dump. Yeah. Seriously. Um, that that was New Year's Eve news dump. I'm not sure why, but it doesn't matter. I I don't care. I'm glad we didn't have to wait anymore. I'm glad they're out. And man, I'm excited. I'm excited for them. We're gonna get action. This Big Ten action this week. There's a few, yeah. Minnesota, Nebraska, and Michigan versus Rutgers, I think, are the only two duels in the Big Ten this week on January 8th, which is Friday. Which, the other thing, which, the Spartan Combat. Yes, Friday. Yes, the Spartan Combat event. Yanni versus Ashnall. Kyle Dake versus uh, David McFadden. Gabe Dean versus Mike Mock. They're trying to get Vito a match. Um, so we're, that's going to be on flow as well Friday. So, yeah, huge freaking week. But, uh, yeah, excited for that. Uh, I guess, Ben, did you have any thoughts or, or first impressions well, at the Big Ten schedule? I, I guess one thing that, and maybe this is my, my initial take, was um, and maybe I'm just a dum-dum, but uh, there was no surprises. Obviously, it's like it's only wrestling Big Ten teams. It's not like Penn State through Oklahoma State on the schedule or something, right? right? That's not even possible. So we have we have nine competitions essentially for each team. Um and really, when you think about it, there's not a lot of bad teams in the Big Ten. So, no. you know, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, um, you're pretty much anybody, you, Nebraska, anybody you slice it, you're going to get some really, really high-level matches. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I guess nothing to be all that surprised about. Just glad that this is going to finally start playing out and it plays out starting this weekend. Well, I, I somewhat alluded last week or the week before is like, hey, Iowa, Penn State's not a guarantee. They're not on the – that's not yeah. one of the guaranteed matches. Um, and, you know, sometimes they're not on the schedule. And I never really uh, can remember exactly why. But they are. They are wrestling this year, February 12th, which I think is a Friday, uh, at Penn State. Uh, so we're going to get that duel, which is epic because it's like the duel of the year. Um, Iowa will also wrestle Michigan, who's fantastic this year, and Ohio State. So they're and Nebraska. So they're hitting and Nebraska. So they're All hitting the, the, the heavy hitters. Penn State's toughest matches will be against Iowa. They're also <laughs> wrestling Michigan and also wrestling Ohio State. They are not wrestling Nebraska. Um, but hey. Let me ask you this, Christian. There's nine in-conference duels this year for all of these teams. Is it usually is it usually nine or is it like eight or seven or something? I feel like it is nine. It's usually I'm pretty sure it's around nine. I'll, I'll, hang on, I'll do uh, some research I, here. Yeah, I think it's around this. Okay. I, I like that they're doing like the tries, and uh, I, th I don't think there's any quads, but I think there's there's several. There's tries. no quads. But that's a. There, that's there are yeah. There's a lot of other teams doing quads, like uh, I believe Oklahoma State maybe has a quad this weekend. Um, so kind of, yeah. I was kind of disappointed they weren't doing any quads because I feel like they could have very easily gotten all 14 teams to wrestle each other in some way, shape, or form if they would have used tries and quads. I agree with that, and I think that would have really helped with like seeding, considering you know who knows how they're gonna yeah. seed this, and not everyone's gonna get to wrestle everyone. That that, that would have been a possibility otherwise. Um, yeah. Speaking of Oklahoma State, they had their wrestle-offs. Um, we'll, we'll bounce around a little bit, but um, Dusty Hone lost to Cade Brock, 3-2, close match. Your hero! <laughs> Cade, Cade back in the lineup. Uh, Dusty Hone's really good. And then you had um, Bulu Allen beat Caden uh, G. Feller, which was also very notable. Um, those were, I think, the major results. I don't think anything uh, else. Travis Master Giovanni beat Reese Whitcraft. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's um, a good one. Wait, or Jacason hey, Burks? I thought it was, I thought Jacason. I thought he beat Jacason Burks. He did. I'm pretty sure he wrestled. He beat both as well. If they wrestled, I'm sure. It. I'm, yes. lo I'm looking at. I'm looking at the uh, Oklahoma State release. It has two matches at 125. Reese beat Colton Klein, and Mastro beat Jacason Burks. Dayton Fix back in the mix. Uh, he won by fall. Obviously, there's no one that can touch him at 133. Hold on. But Brad, I got a tweet right here that says Master Giovanni defeats Wickler. Yeah, three to two to finish the day. Okay, so they must have had that. Extra wrestling and GIA. Oh, here we go. Post duel exhibition. Master beat Rit Wickcraft. There we go. It wasn't in the main mm -hmm. little section here. That is big. So he'll be the he'll be the starter then. I don't know oh, why sure. you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah you got to go with him. Yeah. Um. Nice. So Cade over Dusty Hone three two. Boo over G. Sheets. One, uh, Whitlake won, Plot. Um, he won. He, he, yep, he won as well. Gear, no Montalvo, and no. There was another big guy. Uh, Ferrari, Ferrari got to win though. Yeah, he beat Cerber. And they're um, gonna have um three true freshmen in the lineup very likely now. Yeah, the um Mastro, Plot, and um and Ferrari. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're they're gonna be good. I I guess I should give up on the Sean Streck Oklahoma State thing. 
I don't know. Not here now. I, I, oh my God. I just read a profile of someone yesterday who wasn't, I'm blanking on who it was. It wasn't great, but he, it was uh, one of the lines. Was, he opened up the season with a win over Sean Streck. <laughs> I started laughing because you think Sean Streck's a superhero. I don't, I don't know if I think he's a superhero. I think he's, I think he is a superhero compared to what they had at heavyweight yeah, last year. He is actually Spider Man. So, um, by the way, uh, looking at, I just chose Nebraska randomly to look at their schedule over the past few years. In the past four years, they've wrestled nine Big Ten duels, so it sounds on par. Normal. Yeah, uh, but I I agree with you, Ben. I I would have liked to have seen them uh, get it going early. Um, but it's cool. I mean, so really, everyone wrestles two weeks, right? There's a couple teams. I think four teams wrestle the eighth, but basically everyone's in action as of like the 15th, 16th time period. Penn State yep. opens uh, with Rutgers, interestingly, which has all kinds of interesting nuggets because one, 141 would be Rivera versus Nick Lee, we believe, which is just an absolutely fire Ooh. matchup. But Speaking of Sebastian Rivera, but, he, he apparently said um, he plans on using next year's eligibility too. Whoa. Whoa. That's huge. Um, okay. He said, I plan on coming back. Uh, Rivera said, I didn't plan on wrestling this season, but when they gave that extra year for those who do wrestle, I said, why not? It's another year. I think, and man, right. for Rivera, it's like this dude came back to Jersey. He loves the crowd. His last year, he's going to need <laughs> he needs the people behind him. And obviously, there's like, no crowd. No crowds in Zero Jersey. Crowd. Yeah, they, they banned all crowds. Uh, so I, I love that he's coming back. But the biggest question, the reason I said but, would mm -hmm. think, will we have Nick Soriano? Is he going to wrestle against Penn State? Will he be? Well, he's definitely not going to wrestle against Penn State, Christian. Oh, yeah, because he'll be Deglane in it. That's right. He'll be a Deglane. So yeah, he definitely won't be there then. Good point. Yeah, I knew that too. So we won't <laughs> see him there. Do we have a Nick Soriano update? Because what's his name said? He's going to Henry Deglane. Give me a France. That's true. That's true. But Goodell was quoted as yesterday saying that they spoke with the Soriano family, and he said it was 50-50 whether he'll be back this weekend, but that seems like it might be a stretch. No, he's not going to be back. Well, he's not going to be back this weekend. He's in Arizona. New Jersey, Christian, in all fairness, New Jersey is closer to France than Arizona is. Technically, he could be connecting in Newark and then to France. So in a way, yeah. if the team is hanging out in the Newark airport, then yeah, maybe they would – run into each other. I don't think he's going to be around the team this anytime soon, soon. But I I personally think he's going to come back. Uh, I really do. Hey, let, let me ask you. I, I was thinking about this, and this is this going to be kind of a funny question. But I want to hear you guys. I want to hear you guys shoot at it. So Mark Branch, his freshman year, was 8-9 going to the NCAA tournament. And won an NCAA title yes. with a record of 13-9, and nine, I believe. Am I right on that? Mode. Yeah, it's basically okay. right. We've seen we've seen people uh, in the Big Ten go two and six in the Big mm -hmm. Ten or something because they're stacked. Will there be a two and six wrestler uh, be an All American this year? We'll be two and seven, three and six, somewhere in there. So someone entering NCAA's with well, let's I'm just sorry. say. Because they have the Big Ten tournament too, Christian. So let's say like let's say like four and eleven, four and eleven, all American. I think there's a 
chance. 50-50 shot. I mean, listen, the guy you're describing is like a Chad Red whose record can look a lot better because he hits a lot. Of, but think about it. Yeah, for real though, yeah. It's probably not going to happen this year. I'm sure because uh, normally he's like first semester is a little tougher. He's down to weight. He's like kind of – and then he Chad Red, you always know at the end of the season he's coming, right? So that may not happen as much with only nine matches. But someone like Chad Red, someone that's really good but maybe a slow starter and also in the Big Ten, yeah, I I think there's – there's a very good chance, very good chance that that happens. I think, I think there's a chance of multiple sub 500 wrestlers placing at NCAAs. Um, okay, sub 500 going to into. One. Listen, 149, Christian, you have starting at number 11. You have Yaya Thomas for clearing Periot Store, Mike Carr, Max Murin, uh, Sammy Sasso. That's so that's a, that's seven in the top 11. Mm hmm. Theoretically, who the, the Yaya Thomas, who's on the bottom of that list, could meet the other six and go zero and six, and be in the round of twelve, rated All American. Right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Things like yeah. that are going to happen. We should find the toughest Big Ten schedule for a, an individual good wrestler and like prognosticate, like, dude, this guy's record <laughs> realistically is going to be like two and five. He's not only going to be favored in two matches, and he's ranked like eleventh or something crazy like that. It's That's going to be a reality. Be yeah, probably will be. I'm I'm kind of looking through the weights uh, and seeing which one. 149 appears to be the toughest to this point. At, at the Big Ten? It, it, ju yeah, just in the Big Ten, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's gonna be really tough. So we'll, we'll, um, maybe that'll be homework for the next show. Absolutely. Find like the absolute oh, toughest. No, be this is obvious. Oh, no, this today. is so obvious, guys. Uh, 174. Carter Soroki's number five, and then you have Kemmer, Massa, Labriola, Romero. So he could be – one of those guys could be 0-4 and be ranked fifth in the country. Well, 0-4 if they only wrestled those guys. Well, I think all those teams are wrestling, though. Right, but they wrestle other teams, too. Sure, sure, sure. So you need to find, like – someone like Soroki, I don't think fits the mold – necessarily or even a Romero because I think they're going to win more than they lose but there's got to be someone who's like ranked like 8th to 11th or something nationally. I was going to say like 15 to 20 like somewhere in there that's going to hit like 6 or 7 guys in the top 12 yeah we'll run this yeah. down I'm going okay. to run this down today Stephen Kyle Bracky homework assignment he was a good student I think mm -hmm. uh, definitely better than me Okay. Right, I got. I got. Hold on. I got one. One. One eighty four. We got nine in the top sixteen. Does that okay. fit the bill? That probably. You fits got the Lyon, bill. Webster, Weiler, Raw Nagel, Jordan, Assad, Venz, Brooks, Amin. Yeah. So someone like uh, the legendary Owen Webster. I could see that applying. Even oh. Jack Jesson. Jack, Jack Jesson. That's funny. We mentioned him um, in this scenario because looking when we were comparing him whether he should get in the rankings here or who should get this final spot he had just an absolutely brutal stretch at one point last year i'm gonna find it right here um yeah, 80, 84 was stacked in the big 10 last year yeah it was really good he had a four straight duels of bronego caffey rocky jordan billy janzer mm. yep but i mean I, and then Earlier in the season, he had Andrew Morgan, Cash Wilkie, Max Lyon in a row. Brutal. He only wrestled ranked wrestlers last year. That's a so 
Tough life. How is qual? Do we know? We don't even know how qualifying is going to go because you know in the previous years they've used based on just that season's data, but with not a lot of conferences not doing anything out of conference, it'll be impossible to have an idea of how good you are compared to non-conference foes. So how are they going to give out numbers? Well, I think they're going to. I there is a component of national rankings that is factored in as well as the coaches rank, and I think that's going to be that's going to be a big component. But do you see how that's almost virtually impossible, Christian? If you're in a silo and you don't wrestle anyone outside of no, no one wrestles anyone outside of this. It's relatively impossible. I mean, you can prognosticate from last season, but as we know, wrestlers changed over the course of years. So if we're all in this silo and no one's wrestling outside of it, you have no data points to see how good this group really is. No, there's no way to statistically do this right. All you can do is it's impossible. It's impossible. Do you? You just have to do your best. You have to use common sense and. What's interesting is the Big Ten's the only one wrestling conference only. Everyone else is going outside of conference. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they're playing themselves with that or if they're like, well, the they're Big lucky. Ten. They're lucky there's Big Ten in pretty much every duel you're going to, you're going to see a ranked guy. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, obviously, okay, but they aren't ranked based on what they've done this season. They're ranked based on what they've done coming into this season. Correct. And like I said, people can change over the course of a year. And, you know, so, some people aren't, right? We're not going to say uh, Michael Kemmer is not going to get all of a sudden. He's not going to be bad, right? But maybe some one of those in the, in the teens, maybe they have an injury or a bad offseason. We've seen guys um, not be the same as they were the year before. And there's going to be no ability to compare them to outside competition. There, there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be a ton of examples of things that don't make sense that you're not going to be able to rankings or statistically justify. They're going to, it's going to be, it's going to be the toughest year for qualification ever by far. Yes. Unless there's something that happened in like the forties, but this is, it's just <laughs> like not going to be, it's not going to be right. They're just going to have to do their best. There's not going to be a good way. And we're not going to, you're not going to know where all these guys stack up. That's just the bottom line. Uh, it's going to be unfortunate, but I so, guess. So, we... okay. Tough question then, Christian. Will will the seating committee, will they slant towards the Big Ten more and just say all these guys are really tough and give them more qualifying spots than maybe they should have? Or will they go the opposite way and say these dudes have terrible records? You know, someone in the MAC or Big 12 is 7-1. and one. This dude's 2-7. and seven. You know, we're going to give the spot somewhere else. Which way will which way will that committee slant? Do you think? I don't know who's on the committee. I have no idea. Brian Smith's been on it for a really long time. Is he still on it? I don't know. Okay. I think they're going to slant more towards the Big Ten. I think they have to. Why? Why would you have to? I mean, the obvious is if you have them all wrestle each other, you know that maybe the two and seven guy is better than the seven and one guy. But if you don't have them wrestle. It's hard to make that argument. I know, but I think they're going to lean on its muscle memory. It's his, it's history. It's common sense as well to be like, yeah. you know what? Big 10, but I think they, they kind of look, I, I feel like they're going to weigh all that and they'll be like, okay, we went kind of like 50, 50 big 10 versus a Mac guy here and this way. And we went with the big 10 guy. They'll probably alternate they, They'll try to do it fair. I guess if you can yeah. call it fair, I don't know if that's really the best word, but um, that's that's what I think you're gonna see. What is our what? I guess sorry, I'm grilling you guys. I feel like I'm interviewing you guys. I like today. it. This is cool. What is what is our total 
Uh, do we have a running count on the amount of teams that are actually competing in Division One wrestling this year? Because, for example, all the IVs are out. Is there a total number we have? I can tell you the schools that so are, all are competing. All the Ivies, Lock Haven, <clears throat> Franklin and Marshall. Franklin and Marshall. So that's, that's not that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven oh. that we know of right now. That's not bad. No. And so I, I think what's, what's that put us around 69, 70 programs? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Solid. It's not bad, right? No, no I mean, well, because I would say this might be, um, you know, if we say we get down into the low 60s or 50s, this conversation is not nearly as hard to have because now you're getting 33 out of 58 instead of 33 out of 77. You know what I'm saying? Yes. yes a much yes. higher percentage would qualify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be a mess, and I think as as we get closer to the day and we actually see the full picture and how things are actually looking, and um, you know, I think these these choices when these coaches are not wrestling their starters or the guys they know are going to be starters, I think that's going to bite some of these guys. I mean, yeah. when you're going to get eight matches, nine matches, and you're sitting guys and you're like juggling your lineup, maybe you need to juggle your lineup. I don't know, but I think that could that could have consequences if it if not for qualification for seating. And yeah, and well, I mean, some of these other teams, like how many matches is, for example, Oklahoma State getting? Um, and I think it's all more, but the Big Ten, they're only getting so you guys remember, they're only getting eight duels, and I believe it's relatively consecutive weeks. Um, man, if a kid's gonna get corona, they have to be out for I think the Big Ten rules 21 days, 17 now, 17. Okay, but need, nevertheless, say if you get State it out. <laughs> on a Thursday, oh, Big Ten is such a joke. <laughs> if you get it on a Thursday, okay, day two would be a Saturday, so that or day three would be a Sunday, so then day seventeen is two Sundays, so you could miss three weekends of competition with a potential positive test. Um, I mean, that's going to put you down to a maximum of five matches, but if it's a double duel or something, then you're going down to to four or less. So that that is just a gigantic disaster. Or a quadrangular even. That'd be even worse. There's no, no, there's none of those in the Big Ten. <laughs> so um looking at Oklahoma States, they they're they have something called the Cowboy Challenge Tournament. Have you seen this? Bracky? Yeah, that uh, is like uh I know West Virginia will be there. It's like three or four teams and instead of being a quad it's going to be like individual style, like we've seen some of, like they did at App State and Cal Poly and Bucknell this weekend. I want a last chance open. <clears throat> well, Oklahoma State has all doubles, um, so they got Chattanooga, Oregon State, SAU, Little Rock. There, there, there's no weekend where they're doing singles except for the um, Bedlam, which is February 21. So they, they're going to try to get you know 15 matches ish somewhere in there. Yes, they got two Bedlams. Which I've always found sort of strange. So strange, right? Yeah, it's kind of uh, weird. The Oklahoma State people love it. I think it's just a chance for them to kick the crap out of Oklahoma again because <laughs> they because they don't like in any other sport. Um, so I think that's why they like it so much. But it never made much sense to me because you just see the same person over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, it was competitive. Uh, if you go back far enough, it was very yeah, of competitive. Course. But it hasn't been competitive recently. Um. 
And then to your point, Bracky, in a regular season, they, they'll duel twice, but then you got an open tournament or the Big 12 tournament. So, I mean, those guys are – I mean, I had Russell F. and Chris Pallanton eight times, and we didn't even <laughs> just duel them twice. You know? I mean, like you could literally see them yeah. five times over the course of a season. That's just not ideal sometimes. Yeah. The Fighting Pendletons of Oregon State, uh, they, they took them at North Dakota State. I got to tell you what, you know, Gas Tank Gary was a big guy for us last year. Um, hopefully he's a big guy for us this year. Um, they're trying to hold him down, not let him in the lineup, but we'll see about that. He'll have his typical he'll ha politics. He'll have his day in court or something. <laughs> uh, but I think the heavyweight electric factory for us to watch this year is Brandon Metz. This guy he got, he got by Zach Elam. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I this tried to tell you guys about him last year. He was on my Honey Badger team. He is. This is what he does, Ben. This is the the beauty of Mets. He goes for it. He throws caution to the wind. He throws logic to the wind. He just starts <laughs> trying. He tries throws all the time at the worst times, at the best times. He goes for it. This guy, he's um he was down 1-0 in the middle of the second period and goes Double overs against Elam and straight pins himself. In the middle of a mat. Like it's in not like it was like on the edge where he could get bailed out if he didn't hit it or whatever. Just Maybe in the middle of the mat. Get it. I, that's the thing. Get it. He all I think he, he thinks believes he's, gonna, he's get gonna get it. And yeah. against the Oregon State guy, that was a really close match. So his it came down the duel came down to uh Mets and oh I forget the Oregon State heavies. Brian name. Barnes, I believe. Barnes. And it was a kind of, it was a close, really close match. It went it was seven seven at the end of regulation. But he was up. Mets was up. And he tried like an arm throw, lateral drop, gets taken down, and they battle back and forth, and it ends up being a, a overtime match. And then he gets the funny thing was the takedown he gets at the end. He's got this double leg and he's running his feet so hard. And Barnes just like almost like a matador drops down and like kind of turtles. And Metz almost flies over the top, but immediately he like kind of sets back and gets the two. Uh, this guy. He also tried a lat drop on the edge in overtime. Yes, in overtime, <laughs> he was on the edge and tried a lateral drop out of bounds. He straight landed on his back, I'm pretty sure, in that one as well. This dude is, he's, an, he's a wild card. I'm sure he gives Roger Kish and Obi Blanc heart palpitations. But I'm here for it, and I love it. Been multiple times. Maybe they I, love it. Maybe they love it too. They have to love it. Maybe you know it's a wild ride. It's fun. Um, multiple times at Southern Scuffle last year, he got put on his back, and then he got off his back and put the other guy on his back and pinned him. Yeah, like straight. Oh, you, yeah. You were telling you were telling us about this guy. Yeah, dude. He's 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 a maniac. He's an absolute maniac. Um, so yeah, I think he's, we need to be on Mets watch at all times. Both his matches that I got to watch were, were fantastic, but yeah, that, that was a great duel. The North Dakota state, Oregon state duel, um, came down to the, came down to heavyweight. It was, it was a fun one to, to start. The best duel I watched was, um, or I don't know. I don't know if it was the best duel, but yeah, probably the best duel I watched or one of my favorite was Campbell, Virginia tech. It was fun watching that because Campbell's like. Really tough at a lot of weights, but they're just kind of outclassed by Virginia Tech. Yes. They've got this 84-pounder. He rode Hunter Bolin for two straight periods, Ben. I never heard of this. I thought Andrew Morgan was their 184-pounder. Did he graduate he, or something? I don't. I. He's still on their roster and everything. I don't know. Maybe he just decided he didn't want to come back. Because I think this was his sixth year. I think he got an extra year. Um, maybe he just got banged up again, decided he didn't want to do it anymore. I don't know. 
Or maybe wow. this other dude just rides him out every day and he got he freaking quit the team because he hated it. So this kid's from a, <laughs> Hopkins kids. He's from um he's from Alaska, which um okay. you know, that's notable in itself. But man, he was just really, really tough on top. He's a really good leg rider and Bolin could not get it. And Bolin's not a guy with like bottom deficiencies. He normally is I mean, yeah. he's just like a solid, solid wrestler. He gets out. He could not get away from this dude. And it almost I mean Different ref, different circumstances. I could have seen a ref calling another stall point against Bolin. It was that, like, he was that helpless underneath there. It was, it was hard. That guy is going to beat some good people this year, Hopkins. So keep him, keep him on your radar. Um, I think he's, I think he's pretty daggone tough. And the craziest match I saw was bright. Well, other than all Mets matches, um, the craziest <laughs> match I saw was Andonian versus Josh Heil. Oh yeah. I mean, Andonian. He looked like a world beater in the beginning of this match. He was just like tattooing Heil and taking him down. No problem. He just looked really tough. And then Heil comes back. And both these guys <laughs> basically could not keep the other off their legs. And it ends up being real close. But And then Andonian had a um, what's it, a Winn-Dixie null thing. But they called double danger zone. It was weird. Double danger. Double danger. It was so it was that dangerous, Ben. But I don't. I didn't think Andonian was... Had, had broken 90 but anyway they that got wiped off there were a lot of challenges in this uh in this duel mm. but anyways it was a great match andonian wins so he's you know heil was ranked ninth at 141 now he's up at 149 so that was a big win for andonian um he's got o'connor next uh i think this week and that's gonna be i don't think he matches up well with with aoc because he does not give up the points um yeah but anyways it was it was a fun match to watch yeah. Oh, and, Andonian is Andonian's so dynamic, though. I mean, uh, I know Austin O'Connor doesn't give up points easy, but Andonian could put him on the board, boy. He mm-hmm. really can. I could see, I could see him firing off a double. Like he's he's powerful. I could see him blowing through on a double. But I think the the positioning and everything with O'Connor, he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of points. And O'Connor's got crazy mm-hmm. pace, and Andonian sort of faded at the end there. Andonian is so big. They had a yeah, that's what I thought. It was a pretty high scoring ACC final, eleven uh, seven last year in favor of O'Connor. That's fun. And ten four in the duel for O'Connor. That that would be January fifteenth. Okay, looking forward to that. That'll be a big test for him. Um, uh, so Ben, I guess your overall thoughts on on the opening D one weekend. I I just happy that wrestling's back. It was nice to be able to watch some college wrestling matches. Um, I mean, right. I kind of grilled you guys on questions about the qualification because my mind can't, can't stop thinking yeah. about like, how, how is this all going to work out? Because we number, well, number one, we've never had this happen before. And number two, uh, there is going to be such a limited body of information for a lot of these guys qualifying and seating at nationals. It's like my, my mind can't get over like, how is this going to work itself out? And I mean, I know the answer is obviously it's not going to be perfect, um, but I, I really struggle with that. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. So you got to watch your How Tigers about, uh, some. We did a little bit. Uh, so NDSU didn't, they didn't give you the right feed or what? No, they just only produced the one mat. Mm, okay. But... Uh, yeah. Tigers looked really good. They, they went three and oh, uh, Mako went three and oh, a tool went two and oh, one, one match, one exhibition. Um, 
They look really good. I know Rocky Elam is going to be in the line. I think Rocky Elam is going to be in the lineup starting this Thursday. And I think we'll have the 57-65 sorted out by this weekend also. Nice. Where where was Elam this? Was it a COVID thing? or? Uh, I, I don't know for sure. It was his birthday. I saw him uh, posting about his birthday. <laughs> I can't go to North Dakota because it's my birthday. And I got a rule. I don't go to North Dakota on <laughs> my birthday. I swear. Like the, the night <laughs> oh before he was posting about he turned 19. Oh, man. Wow. That's a little known fact. I celebrate most of my birthdays in Fargo, North Dakota, guys. Oh, yeah. Mr. Summer birthday. Um, (laughs) Speaking of Fargo, I started the show, Fargo. Have you seen it? I haven't. Oh, my gosh. You mean the movie? No, there's a show now. Um, It's a TV show? Yeah. Based on the movie? I don't think it's based, but I think the Coen brothers did it. Um, Same Hmm. same guys. But you know it's, it's it's insanely violent. I know David Bray, you know Mr. Squeaky Clean recommended it to me. Holy smokes, it's it's a little rough. <laughs> Pretty good. I just finished Succession. Have you watched the show, Ben? No, oh my gosh! Listen, I'm. I don't it watch is so TV good. Show. You should watch this one. You should definitely watch this one. You will like it. Prediction. I almost started um, Fargo before I left for Christmas, but I chose Justified instead. So I'm working my way through Justified. Well, you got right a ways now. to go. That's a long show. There's a lot of seasons of that one, I'm pretty sure. You could season wa- three. You could watch. You could knock out Succession in like a week or two if you were dead. It because it's just 20 episodes, but it's oh my 20 hours of TV, Christian. I don't got time for that. Hey, that's what my my three year old Ozzy. I don't know where he picked this up, but he just says I don't got time for that now. It's it's so fantastic. <laughs> it makes me laugh. But Max took him. Max took him by the kid's sledding, and he kept saying I don't have time for this. <laughs> oh my where did he hear that that's hilarious i have no idea but it's the greatest thing ever you'd be like hey ozzy come here he goes i don't have time for this i have to go play with my trucks <laughs> <laughs> you need that on video man that's a classic line when he's like 10 you're he's gonna crack up seeing that classic so, so you gotta so you gotta i asked you about snow you're like no it hadn't snowed much i checked your instagram it story snowed. it looked like a winter wonderland and you have a sledding well, my, and my wife yeah, my wife built the sledding hill outside. Um, she built a hill. Yeah. Well, okay, the <laughs> hill was there. She, she struck impressive. the wires uh, along the tree. I think I put it on my story, so you probably can't see it on my Instagram anymore. But yeah, no, it's uh, quite cool. Yeah, she strung some lights up to some trees and uh, lots of fun for the kids. I'm glad she had time for that. That's good. Yep. Okay. Ozzy has no time for the snow, only truck shows. He does only not tr- have time for <laughs> This dude loves the trucks. That's great. Only truck shows. He's he's well on his way, Ben. That's this is all good Absolutely. signs. So, um, I don't know where we want to hey, go. Yeah, I know where I want to go. Let's I know go exactly where I want to go uh, because I do have time for this. And Ozzy, as much as I love to talk about a three-year-old, we got to talk about something. Gilman, Arugia, Suriano, same bracket next weekend. I know. Oh, yeah, I'm in for that. I am in for sure. I, I'm so in. So if you don't know what Ben's talking about, the Henry de Glane, Henry de Glane wrestling tournament in France. Is going down. Uh, starting the seventeenth is when the the men will men freestyle will wrestle, and our squad here and Tyler is pulling it up here for the wrestlers. You don't need to pull the coaches in there. Um, Vito Gilman Suriano at fifty seven. Interesting thing Wait. here. Cologne oh, not go. going uh, fifty seven, even though it's plus two. I found that, that Joe well, Cologne's not going fifty seven. <laughs> oh no, guys, guys, guys! That's the rule. What's the rule? You can only have, isn't the rule that you can only oh. have three participants from your country, correct? 
Uh, was that just at rankings tournaments? Hankings. I thought that was the UWW rules that you can only have three. You might be right, Ben. You might be right. Yeah. Where's so, Nomad? So Cologne is going 61 for this. So maybe he wanted to, and they said, no, it's Vito Gilman and Soriano. So yeah, all three of those guys at the same weight. Green Yanni may wrestle for a third time in like a month and a half. Um, mm -hmm. Which, you know what? Who's who's mad about that? Dake's going. DT and Zahid, both at 86. Would love to see yep. that. They hit in like 2015. or um, No, it wouldn't have been 15. It would have no, been 16. Midlands. Zero. Well, yeah, they hit it. Yeah, they hit it Midlands, but they also hit at uh, they hit internationally. It was like it was, I think it was ten three in like sixteen or right. seventeen. Both guys gotten so much better, uh, yeah. so I'd love to see that one. And Snyder and Gwiz going at ninety seven and one twenty five respectively. And we don't um, know internationally who is going. I know Azerbaijan. No idea. Is, Azerbaijan sending a team, but who is on that team? I don't know. You don't know, and so is what is the do the other international teams have to turn in rosters by a specific date or nothing? I I think it's not necessarily like uniform for all these tournaments, Got so it. I I don't know the registration situation for that. Um, hopefully, more will come out as they start to promote it on the Deglane side. Obviously, USA put out our rosters, but that's not theirs. Uh, what weight roster. is 67 kilograms? Because that's got to be, I'm doing the math on this right now. Uh, ooh, 147.7 like pounds. That's uh, that's the lightest James Green's been in a while. It'll be interesting to see how uh, he, he looked better at the 150-pound um, the challenge tournament. He looked pretty good there for 150. You thought he looked better than he did at RTC? For sure, yeah. Okay. Now it was the same weight. Uh, yep. And really, RTC, he, you know, he weighed in on the first day, three-hour weigh-in or whatever, but then he wrestled mm -hmm. the rest of the day. He may have missed one. I think he missed one match, but, you know, he was 24 hours plus from making that 149 or whatever he made there. So that's that's pretty interesting that you, you feel that uh, maybe he's adjusting down the way. Speaking of, we'll see him wrestle Pat Lugo at the – he really wanted to wrestle Alec Pantelio too. That match isn't going to happen. But Green wanted to wrestle Pantelio really bad. Uh, but that match got scratched altogether. We added a, a bunch of matches to the to the Taylor uh, to the Taylor Burroughs card. I don't know if we want to talk about that. I, I love. I wait. I hope. Can I just say? I hope this trend continues. Of these international guys, and we've talked about this before, is their non visibility traditionally. But now, you know, James Green. He wrestled, if I'm missing something, he wrestled RTC Cup. He wrestled in the 150 tournament. He's wrestling again on another mm -hmm. card with you guys. Then he's going to Henry DeGlade. I mean, we're going to see him four times in, in the course of, say, two months or less. Like, that's not something we usually do, and, and I love it. I, ho I hope this, like, doesn't stop. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't anticipate it stopping, certainly not on, on our end. If we can help it, we hope it, we hope it continues. We think it's great. And yeah, I think it's a way to continue to build these guys' profiles. It's, we we've talked about it so many times. I don't know if it needs brought up again, but yeah. you know, maybe James Green would compete a good many times. But you know, if half of those are are going down in you know Siberia and France while people are asleep, yeah. or it's not the most opportune time, or it's a little tougher to promote because you don't know who else wrestling when, it is a little tougher. So um, I think more domestic matches are, is great for fans here who are you know more accustomed to the college wrestling and you know that's yeah the times are a little more catered to them um 
But yeah, uh, we didn't really talk about Arujao Gilman Soriano. I mean, I'm I'm excited for that. We haven't seen Arujao versus Soriano since senior, senior nationals. nationals, where Vito took the match late. Gilman Soriano, we haven't seen since Soriano's true freshman year. It was a three-two win yep. for Gilman at Carver, so they were really close yep. then. Um, and man, you know that season, that year, Gilman went on to be world silver, yep. and then. I mean, that would that would all, all three of these matches. Um, any way you match them up, uh, right? If you run Robin them, they're all interesting because uh, Vito had the win over Suriano. It, it was really competitive, but he's been just on fire lately. I mean, he's mm-hmm. looked really good every time we've seen him. Gilman Suriano, they wrestled all the way back, um, and you you just have to. I guess you have to assume that Suriano has gotten better, but I you know I think that one's still going to be like a two two three two type of match because they both. Don't really make unforced errors, and they have great positioning, uh, good cardio. And then, obviously, um, Gilman Arujao, have we ever seen that? I don't think so. <clears throat> I don't think so, right? So, no. and that, I mean, that one is like, well, you know, we've, you know, initially you put, you were saying it was Gilman fixed Lee, right? But then Gross beat Gilman, but it was kind of a, a questionable match. The weigh-ins weren't at 57. But now it's like, can Arusha break break into that mix? Because I really think if we do, if we're doing tiers, if we're doing tiers on this one, um, you might just have one big tier of like six or seven people at fifty-seven kilograms that could make the team come April. And I know you might argue, Christian, you might say, well, if Gilman loses to Arusha, I'm not putting Arusha up. I'm taking Gilman down, and I'm leaving Spencer and Dayton in that top tier. But I feel like. You could put Arugia and Mick and Gross and Surya. You could put them in this tier. I I think there's a definite case for that. I don't disagree. I think just Spencer looms large there, and Dayton and Gilman have proven. But yeah, I mean, you can't deny what Vito's just how Vito looks. Right, he looks yes. fantastic, and you can't deny as far as most diverse scoring opportunities, scoring ways he can put points up Vito's is is as diverse as probably anyone short of Spencer, right? Like Dayton is probably the best top wrestler in Parterre, but from neutral Vito's got a lot more ways to score, but Dayton beat up Arujal pretty bad last time. And I know that was like 2019. Maybe we're saying that's old news, but, um, it was six, nothing at one point. It was six. Oh, Vito. I know. But then he got teched, right? <clears throat> And I just think, yes. I just think with 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 so many guys with Dayton, it's just a matter of time before he gets on top and he just does, yeah, um, does bad things, right? Um, I, I still I still maintain it's Spencer, Gilman, uh, Lee in some order, but I, yeah, we'll see where where Soriano fits in and and Vito, but I don't know. That's where I'm at right now. But I think you're right. I think there's a, a really good case for just one mega tier. Throw in Gross, throw in maybe even a Cologne, and then you've got seven, eight guys that are just absolutely ridiculous. And I think you know matchups are going to really matter here. Yes. Like how you build this bracket Huge. could be one thing. Like, um, you know, I don't know. I, I don't like. I think Vito maybe probably doesn't match up great against Spencer, right? But he could he could knock mm-hmm. off a, a Gilman or maybe even a Dayton. Right, but yeah. whereas those guys could match up better against Spencer, for all we know, and then there's Soriano, who's, you know, the enigma of enigmas. 
We don't know where exactly he fits in, but we know that basically yeah. hardly anyone yeah. can ever take this guy down. Vito did it, but it's yeah. very rare. Uh, and, you know, has he gotten better? We haven't seen this guy. Whereas with Vito, we've seen him wrestle and wrestle and wrestle. Soriano, when is his last time we saw him, him wrestle senior nationals? Yeah. When else is I think so. I don't know if he did an international yeah. thing. And that's the thing with Soriano. He's always been a guy that, like, kind of goes off the radar for a while. You don't see him compete forever. And then he comes yes. back, and he's, you know, really, really good every yeah. time. Yeah, Nationals. So he hasn't wrestled since over a year. We're coming up on 13 months now since he's last wrestled. Man, so, Christian, I know you said when I asked you after the Gilman, Gilman Gross match, mm -hmm. you said, hey, you know, your feeling was because of the weigh-in, that that match shouldn't be counted into seating criteria for the trials. Um, so, like the DeGlane, are you counting these matches because they're two, they're only one kilogram less? Are we counting these matches now, or uh, how do you feel about that? I don't know. I think I I would almost guarantee they will be counted. Yes, I feel very confident they will be. I think they probably should be a UWW tournament. Um, I also I didn't know what the weigh-ins were at for Gross and Gilman. I thought it was plus three. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, but that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe they should count them. Maybe they should just count everything. Um, I would be I would be open to that. They're just yeah. – I know they're a little choosy with, with things of, of that nature. But, you know, it was a freestyle match, freestyle rules. It wasn't in a cage or anything. So, I say count it. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I think there should be um... – you know, it has to be the exact rule set, maybe, right? It has to be a freestyle rule set. It can't be, say, a folk style college match. And it has to, maybe there is a, it's a three kilogram weight allowance and under or something, which would then set, you know, where people have to be kind of, kind of permanently, right? Mm -hmm. Even for any of these pro matches, if you want this match to count, it's got to be freestyle rule set, uh, maybe day of weigh-ins under three, three kilograms or so, something to that effect, but just kind of a, a guideline of what it should be for it to count. Right. I mean, all these matches have USA Wrestling refs and UWW refs, yeah. so I don't know. Why not? Um, I'm, sure. I'm team. I'm, I'm fine with counting everything. But I think if you count some, you can't, like, pick and choose. You can't say RTC Cups in, Wisconsin things out. Um, I think you got to factor yes. it all in. Yes. Well, I think, yeah, I, it's, so, it's such a unique thing because normally th this kind of stuff wasn't happening, right? Um, so mm -hmm. it wasn't factored into any criteria because these sort of events didn't exist. Now they're becoming more and more common. And I think they'll, that'll continue. So I don't know. I, I'm curious who you, who you like in this uh, 57 group. I, like, it makes my head spin. I don't, I don't know who to pick. And, you know, I said I'm very interested in the, in the matches, any way you slice them, any of these round robin. We haven't seen Suriano in a year. Um, Gilman did not look great in my opinion against, you know, Seth Gross, which, you know, when you say matchup, Seth Gross possesses, some um, very specific situations that you have to be able to score in. Otherwise, otherwise you're just not going to do well. You know what I'm saying? Like if mm -hmm. you can't score from that shin with their stay out of there, it's going to be a hard time for you to win the match against him. And then Vito's looked so good. Uh, but it hasn't been against that top tier guy. So, who am I going to pick? Uh, well, and obviously we don't know. We don't know the matchups, right? Right. Um, I'm going to go. Frequently, Gil Gilman play I'm going to go. Gilman plays the highest. 
Okay. Frequently, we go to this tournament and we ball out because it's not internationally that deep. Yeah. So it would seem like our guys will hit, especially these three are so excellent. And I don't think Russia's going to say it could be a different year because it could be different this year because there's so few tournaments. Everyone could converge on one and be like, oh, man, they're actually having one. Let's all go there. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. And the Azerbaijan sending a team is maybe indication of that. But we don't know at this point. Man, I don't know. I'm kind of the I think Gilman is going to have a really hard time scoring on Suriano. And I think Suriano is going to have yeah. a hard time scoring on Gilman. I think that is a Dayton like fix Nick Suriano type match yes. where it's like be really tough. Um, if Vito's got the most offense of all three, that's I feel really confident saying that. But I also think he has the most defensive. He'll give him up, right? He'll give him up in the name. Yeah. He likes, he's a shootout kind of wrestler. And I don't know if that, you know, he beats Suriano. So I don't know. I kind of like, I kind of like Vito or, or Suriano here for whatever reason. No real reason. Well, who are you picking? Come on, gun your head. I picked, I'm not picking I picked, yet. Uh, I'm not yeah. picking yet. I'm not picking yet. When are you going to pick next All week? Right. Uh, I'll pick, I'll pick Suriano. Okay. I'll pick Nick. Place highest. Kyle, you got to pick two. Take Vito, then we all pick one, and then we're, we don't hate anyone. I'll take Vito. <laughs> You don't really have to. I'm just kidding. I mean, beat Nick last time. You beat Nick, yeah, why not? Um, third, man. There's not really like, a bad pick. There's not really a bad pick there. No. Honestly, if you're, like, picking a name out of a hat and, like, you're, like, stuck with it, it's like, okay, that's not bad. Gilman, yeah. World Silver. Vito beat Suriano. Suriano is just ridiculous. So, yeah. Um, I, I, lo- I want to see Nikki Sunshine. Nikki Arizona. How's this guy look? He got a tan. Does he have tan. a tan? He looks tan. Is he, tan. is he going there so he can maximize the hardening of his solar callus a la Kyle Dake? Um, who's to or say? Or is he going to defect to Italy while he's in France? Stop. He's not doing it. He's not doing it. He's not doing it. He's, he's, he wants to make the Olympic team for the United States of America, Ben. Uh Man, 905, and we haven't talked about Burroughs Taylor card like at all. We added a bunch of matches. Um, why don't we talk about them some? So, go. Bad news. No burger Wick oh. match. Wick uh, is, is unable to wrestle. Um, I'm not sure if they disclose why, but I don't want to say. So, so, don't. so, I'm not going to say. But he can't, he can't wrestle. He wants to wrestle, uh, but couldn't. And then, so we're like, oh, darn. But then we're like, Alec Pantaleo, you like always want to wrestle people, right? And he's like, yeah. So he's like, I'll wrestle Tyler Berger. Sweet. <laughs> the day we announced Pantaleo Berger, Berger's like, uh, sorry, got injured. So now he can't wrestle, unfortunately. Obviously, he wanted to. And then we couldn't make a match happen with Pantaleo. So Pantaleo's uh, unfortunately not going to be wrestling on the card. Uh, so that's the bad news. Now, here's the good news. We had a pile of really good matches. Including Askren Wrestling Academy's, Academy's Tristan Moran going to start off the show yeah. against Mitch McKee. Uh, excited to get Moran. He's been trying to get on these for some time now, so I'm excited he he's going to wrestle. He really wants to wrestle, although he he is not super experienced in freestyle. But um, he, he's well, good. training Mitch, a lot. Mitch McKee isn't either, so this works out perfectly. <laughs> well, I, I, we've been working on his for headlock defense. That's for sure. Uh, and some underhook defense as well. We, we touched him up in those areas. He actually just did. Uh, he actually replaced Evan Wick and taught a leg riding camp uh, last oh, Saturday, yeah. and he was he was outstanding. 
he does a great job with the kids. That's awesome. Yeah, he's <laughs> he has a lot of stuff. He has a lot of ways to score. Yes. He's a very fun guy to watch wrestle. Uh, mm-hmm. So that'll start it. That'll kick it off. Ronnie Heaton taking on Desiree Zavala, second match of the evening. Uh, and then out of retirement, Win Mahalik back in the mix. Uh, never thought. Yeah, where did that come from? They, you know, back when in like July or whatever, when we were like looking for matches, or I don't know if it was before the first match or whatever, they like slid in the DMs or he did or whatever. He's like, hey, if you're ever looking, Win Mahalik would would definitely be down to do something like this. Really? Yeah. And then okay. when I tweeted, hey, we're looking to add matches, they once again read her like, when Mahalik would wrestle just about anyone. And Nate Jackson is also about that life and always wants to wrestle all the time. Nate, Nate Jackson obviously in. And I was like, is Nate Jackson going to want to go up? When Mahalik's big, right? And 215, yeah. they're wrestling this match at 215. Nate Jackson's an 86-kilogram guy. He says, I don't care. Um, so that's so like that's, a 97 kilogram match. It is somewhere around there. Yeah, just like yeah. 97 plus one. Cause nice. No, it is a 97. Yeah. So yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of weight to give up, Nate Jackson. If uh, ooh, I feel like Nate Jackson's gonna have a hard time if Wimahalik comes in shape and ready to wrestle because Wimahalik is a really, really big person. I know it's it, but man, Nate Nate is just so man. He's just so so good offensively. I think it's going to be tough for timing-wise. If you're coming out of retirement, I don't think Nate Jackson is the kind of guy you want to wrestle, right? Because he's, he's, a, he's um, kind of a blow-through you type of wrestler. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that I would see in this match is that I know the first thing that left me when I quit wrestling was my timing. Mm-hmm. And so if Win Mahal can get in the low stand and slow Nate Jackson down a little bit in the beginning, because that's you know, we look at, say, Nate Jackson, Sammy Brooks, right? He'll blow through you. Obviously, with an extra 25 pounds, it's kind of harder to blow through someone who's that much bigger if they're in good position also. So if Win Mahalik can you know slow him down early and then get to some of his ties, you got to think that that size is going to come in handy when getting to an underhook or a position like that. Um, now, I don't remember Win wrestling that much freestyle. I know he did. I know he had a win over Jake Varner maybe. But I don't recall if he's really good on top. Man, now that you mention it, I don't either. Uh, but he was a guy that was like always in the mix in that 97, 96 yeah. weight class. And then, you know, with Varner and then Kyle Snyder's emergence, it was, it was very apparent he's, he's not going to make a team. But he was very much in the mix for a while there. Um, he never like got over the was, hump, but he was like a number three, number four guy for yes. an extended he, period of time. I don't remember how long, but it was a while. It was a while from like basically 13. 13 to 16, because this is only his second competition yeah. since the Olympic trials. Um, but, wow. yeah, in uh, 14, he was in the U.S. Open finals, and he was, like, fourth at trials that year, I think. He won the senior nationals thing in December they had in 2015 um, and then obviously qualified for the Olympic trials and wrestled there. Yeah. He's yeah. he's really good. It's, it's funny, you know, we're – this sport is adding new fans all the time. People are like, I don't, I'm not sure who this guy is, which is, which is funny to me. Cause he's, you know, always been a guy in the mix yeah. in her tournaments for years. But if you're new, yeah, you might not know who that win Mahalik is super, super good. Um, so that's just the third match. And Seth gross. He's also one of those guys that just kind of always wants to wrestle people. And, uh, he's wrestling Zane Richards, which, um, you know, it's, I think Richards is, is an underdog here, but I think positionally, 
you know, maybe he can make things a little more difficult for Seth. Yeah. Um, it was just did you guys just pick Zane Richards out of a hat? Because um, not that Zane Richards isn't good, but you know, we talk about Seth just beat Gilman, and if I could have Seth versus Soriano or <laughs> well, Arusha, yeah. Well, I know you guys want that too. So I, how did we come to? I, I'm not in part of these negotiations, so I'm asking a question on how we sell on Zane Richards. Well, the other guys are yeah. not well wanting to do this or what? Well, Vito's doing the thing the night before, right? We can't pay oh, Vito. Sure, okay. We can't pay Vito or Soriano. So, okay. um, you know, Sor- Soriano's gearing up for DeGlane, so I don't think he's gonna. You know, he uh, pick his spot kind of guy. We haven't we haven't asked Soriano to wrestle in any of these just because we feel like I know the answer and let's just not waste our time. Um, yeah. But hopefully, hopefully one day. But yeah, I mean, it's just like I know there's not a lot of people who. I think we reached out to Gilman to run it back, um, but yeah. I don't think anything materialized that was a there. Very controversial match. Hi- oh, highly, highly controversial. Oh, yeah. I mean, Zane Richards is a top 10 guy in the country at 57 kilos right now. He was third of the 2019 U.S. Open and beat Vito. Yeah, I mean, you would just, uh, you know, we talked about those tiers earlier. You know, I, I think initially you had, you know, the, the tier one Spencer. Sorry, I get new headphones soon. Tyler's hooking me up. Um, <laughs> oh, sweet. So you got your, your Spencer Lee Gilman was initially our tier one. And then your tier two would have been like Gross, Arugia, Suriano. And I think you would have viewed Zane Richard as, as tier three, probably, um, if, if you're making that dynamic. I agree. Yeah. But okay. he's, he's a high caliber wrestler. And yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I wish it was Spencer Lee. But, but you know, I'm, I'm happy that okay. Zane Richards is wrestling. And I think he can surprise. I mean, he surprised people many times before. He's a guy, folk style wins over Corey Clark. He beat Vito. Not, not, that, level. not that long ago. Uh, Zane Richards is also... He, Full of sound bites. Uh, he's I like this guy a lot. He's he's a cool guy to listen to. He's gonna have some um, interesting takes about this match. <laughs> well, from from a, from a, a tactical perspective, I would say the other thing is like um, Thomas Gilman loves a head inside singles to score points, uh, which against Seth Gross is very difficult to do because he has great shin wins, etc. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, you know, Zane Richards doesn't really use a head and single, head and side single all that much. He's a lot of underhooks, a lot of high crotches, um, not that much head and side single. Crazy good go behinds. If you know, Seth will, Seth will take a lot of attacks. Now he's he doesn't miss much on his single, but if if he gets a little extended on one, he can run the corner really fast, Zane Richards. So that'll be an interesting. Yes. But man, this next match, I mean, talk about matches I've never thought that would ever happen ever. Matt McDonough. Versus Ethan Lezak at 143. Yeah. How did you guys make this match? <laughs> well, I asked uh, Matt McDonough if he wanted to wrestle. He really wants to wrestle. And um, we're, we're working on some other matches with Matt that would be super fun. But, Wait, um, so let me ask you. Let me ask you. So then did you did you have Matt first and then you went and found an opponent? Or did you have Lezak and then you tried to find an opponent? So the way it came together... Um, we got Matt first. Like I knew Matt was interested and wanted to do it, but we didn't really have an opponent for him uh, yeah. at that point. So it was like basically you're getting all you're kind of inundated with people that want to wrestle, and you're just trying. Okay, and then Coach Slay was like, "Hey, Ethan Lezak's gonna be there as a partner for for Joey McKenna. Be cool to get him a match." And then you know I was like, "Oh, well, this could be cool." McDonough, what do you think about McDonough? And 
they were they liked it we liked it and um yeah we're we're excited about it seeing the okay seeing the backpack for McDonald's. two of the most notorious weight cutters of all time <laughs> all generational <laughs> defining yeah. weight cutters right i mean those the stories are 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 unbelievable but they're going to i mean this is probably I would guess this is as close to as big a weigh-ins as these guys have ever had. It certainly is from McDonough. I guess Ethan has wrestled up at like 65, so yeah. he's wrestled this big before. But, um, you know, there could be more um, prosperous, as, as Andrew Spay would say. I, well, I can't assume McDonough's cutting that much weight for this because although he was very large for 25, he just, like, stays skinny. Like, he doesn't get – like me, I eat too much. I put on some weight. Man, McDonough <laughs> – he doesn't do that. He'll eat a lot of food and he just stays skinny. Yeah. Yeah, he he definitely does. I think he I think he was like if I had to guess, he's probably like one fifties, mid one fifties or something like that. You think he's de- no, I don't think he was that big. He's definitely with hun- yes. He was definitely mid one fifties. Least- no, no way. Oh, I guarantee it. I I'm think he did. Right now. McDonough's I'm gonna text him right now. Go ahead. <laughs> he is not mid one fifties. He's you gonna are, lie you to are you. insane. He hit arm bars on me. <laughs> I th- yeah. I've heard about- oh man i thought about reposting that technique of him in our bars bracky's arms went numb my when- ar- ben he had these arm bars so tight my arm went numb and he was just saying he just kept talking during this damn video he's yeah like he's on top of you at the bar and he's sitting there just talking yeah, yeah. And he was just like walking through the move and explaining it i was like oh, i can't feel my arm right now yeah he just—it was like I've never felt an armbar that tight. It was insane. Yeah. Hey, speaking of tight armbars uh, and Iowa Hawkeyes, I watched the Dan Gable film that you guys put up. Oh yeah, uh, man, it's it's funny because that was made in like '97, '98. Just how much the film techniques have changed since then. Uh, but but I, I enjoyed it. I think I had watched that sometime a very long time ago. I think I had seen that. Uh, but it was really interesting seeing, you know, the coaching staff at that time, Iowa, was tremendous. You saw a, a young Royce Alger, young Jimmy Zaleski, young Brands Brothers, mm-hmm. young Brad Penrith. I mean, you had all these guys who were kind of legends, uh, were super, super young, and it, it was fun watching that for me. Yeah, and you can imagine those guys were just delivering beatdowns, like, on the reg with, with that. <laughs> you, know, you got the Brands Brothers just unleashed in there, Zaleski. I'm sure could still absolutely roll oh, Ro- yeah. Royce Royce for sure. So, I mean, can you imagine sure. like in addition to this is the greatest team probably ever, right? Up there. 97. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some I mean, we've, arguments. we've argued we, about did, this. Did we do this in the coronavirus quarantine because if not, we should have done this. <laughs> we declared so many things. I forgot all the things we declared. But we definitely did a bit about this. Was it or was it not? I don't, I don't remember. I think we did. I think we did like of the 2010s maybe. Man, I don't think we did. Nomad did an article about yeah, this. At the very least, Nomad did an article about it. I can't recall for sure because we Damn. did so many brackets about so many things. But uh, maybe we just talked about the article. Nomad has oh, them yeah. as the fourth best season. Ouch. So he did seasons Top of all to, time. Okay, yeah, because they lost <laughs> to Oklahoma State that year. Oklahoma State was ranked number one going into that NCAAs, which it's – Eight All Americans, five champs is insane. Yeah, that's that's insane. a pretty good day. And they had six in the finals. Mena lost in uh, lost to Guerrero. Big shout, yeah. Coach Guerrero. Um, um, 
97 teams hey, so- technically set the record for most points in an NCAA tournament at 170, but Gable's last team is only third when adjusted for current scoring. And yeah, they mm. had the dual meet loss to Oklahoma State. So he has them fourth best season. That's it. Can you send the link to the article we put on Twitter or something right now? Because I, w- I would, I vaguely recall looking at, it, but I don't remember mm-hmm. who's number one. Tell me who number one is, and I want to read it also. The '92 Hawks. '92. So that would have been like the Brands brothers and Steiners and all those guys. Three champs: Terry, Tom, and Troy Steiner. Hmm. Man, interesting. They had, uh, I think, nine All Americans. None finished worse um, than fifth. Wow. Crazy. So if I could have done the film, I would have really loved to see more practice room footage oh, and him yeah. talking to the team. I mean, that was, to me, that was the best part of it. Those little clips. Uh, my wife was cracking up the one time he starts losing his mind on. Who did he start losing his mind on? My, my wife thought it was hilarious. Well, he said, I recommend it. Uh, yeah, that, that that was the best. He's like, he's like, um, he's just standing there talking normally. He's like, you know, and then he gets uh, crazy for real quick, right? Yeah. yeah, he's like, he's like, you know, uh, probably not gonna give you a challenge match, you know, but uh, it might, might be a good idea for you to make weight and just feel that, you know. And you ask, ask Lincoln. It's different when you're out there, you feel it, you know. I, you know, it's up to you. But if you make weight, it's, I and he goes, I recommend it. Like all of a sudden, just like explodes. He got really intense. Yeah. We've been saying that. Ben, uh, I recommend David, it all the David time. David Bray, we first like saw the film. I don't know how many months ago. Oh, uh, I don't know. A long time ago. But Six, that okay. part, David Bray has been obsessed with, and just says, "I recommend <laughs> it all, all the, the time. time for months around the office." My wife was dying at that part. She thought it was you know, he was like talking calm, and then all of a sudden he flips out. Yeah. Hilarious. I recommend it. It was awesome. Yeah. The other thing I texted you, Christian, and I know he obviously had the hip replacement that season. Uh, and I didn't realize he, he got a hip replacement because he broke his hip. I thought it was just because, you know, he got old and that's what you have to do. Um, but, man, uh, you know, obviously that was – so in 97, I would have been 13. I would have been a middle school kid. Um, and it was probably because of the hip replacement, but Gable always felt to me like in he was older than he was. So at that time, I think he's only – 47 or 48 years old but between that hip replacement and obviously he he was going bald it kind of made him feel older than he was and now when you look back at it it's like he really and and i realized why he didn't but he could have kept coaching for quite a bit longer oh for sure um for sure i think i think he was i mean who knows what the exact reason i'm sure he's gone into him but um yeah you know i think he just had (laughs) you just wonder about your health as is he going to maintain it, right? Is he going to be able to, you know, the, the stress I think he put on himself yeah. and his body was just too much. And, you know, for 20-some years, that's that can take a toll. Um, yes. Tyler's going to pull up that yeah, little one-minute clip. Hey, great. Uh, oh, great well, clip. hold on. Yeah, Matt McDonough says, I'm correct, <laughs> and you're not correct. I think he's lying. No, uh, he's not. He says he walks somewhere <laughs> between 145 and 150. He said, I'm right. Uh he has been Mid up one. to 155 Mid before. 50. He's been there. He just told me I haven't seen 155, but a very few select times in my life. But it's happened. So it's not like audacious. <laughs> uh, audacious. He said rarely break into the 150s. Um, okay. Fine. Fine. But you're, I mean, to your point, I, I completely agree with you that he's not like a guy that like gets really big. 
Um, he's yeah. he's remained spindly. This was quite a. I don't know how we got here. I, w- exactly. I wish I could remain. I wish I could remain spindly. We were talking about the card this weekend. Oh, and yeah. then we went on to Mavicana, and then Kyle <laughs> complained about how his um, arms got numb from Mavicana arm bars. There you go. And then I said, speaking of Hawkeyes and tight arm bars, and then we went to Dan Gable. That's it. I'm just sitting there. We're at the we're at Wisconsin, the finalized road trip, and then I think Chris was like, "Hey, McDonald's going to do technique on you." I'm like, <laughs> I'm like just sitting there working on my computer. I'm like, all right, cool, like. What's he showing? He's like, this would be his top game. <laughs> My God, I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, he's showing like the butchers and stuff. You know what, Tyler? We should have. I should uh, find some cl- some select clips of he that. He messed me up. Around. Yeah, he was devastated for a while. All right. Um, all right, let's watch this. This is even better. Oh, this is the part we're talking about. The part, yeah. Oh, it's great. Cobal, you know, I might want you to dress this week. I don't know. I'll probably Russell Gillis right now. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I mean, I'm probably, I'm not even gonna give you probably a tryout. You got this match, and then you got the um, Midlands. Then we're evaluated again. If you want to weigh in and get the experience, it wouldn't be a bad idea. I'd recommend it. Going out there, in front of that crowd, because if you haven't put many Iowa uniforms on in front of the home people, have you? Have you? You put that Iowa uniform on. Half Lincoln about it. You know, you, you, you're sometime you. A stud, but sometimes you put that Iowa uniform on for the first time and you get a little nervous. Gillis looked up, saw 11,000 people looking at him. He felt great. All of a sudden, his legs got wobbly at Penn State before the match even started. Nothing like experience. Nothing like experience. Well said. That is such a great... Yeah, I mean, Ben, I, I felt the exact same way. I was like, who has all this? Does that footage exist anywhere? Where is this practice? Where, where is the, I mean, can you imagine what's on the cutting room floor in that? And, like, the, the nuggets of wisdom? I mean, like, that right there is just, like, a one-minute little nugget, right? I mean, yeah, I think... Uh, I love how his intensity is low and then jacks up and then he eventually brings it back down. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's the most... In, he's such an intense guy, but I feel like he was not a... Not a big screamer, though, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. glad you watched it. A lot of people watched it. Love the Gable doc. So thanks for watching. Um, thanks for the cool feedback on that. Um, Those people probably had no idea, like, what they had with that practice room footage. No. No idea. I mean, the people no that uh, the people that had the, uh, like Bader said on the show last Wednesday, when he was asking about, hey, can we get the rights to this film? They're like, are you sure this is really old? It's like, yes, I'm sure. They didn't know what they had with the whole finished thing. Like a lot of people don't realize what is what is like value to this this community. So that I thought that was cool too. Um, yeah. Okay. I would recommend so, it. I recommend it. That you I recommend watch it. it. I recommend it. Uh, I recommend Lee Zach versus McDonough. I think that's gonna be a kind of a crazy match. Both guys are. Pretty unconventional. Can we do it in folk style though? Because I would much rather see this match in folk style than I would in freestyle. Well, I would too, Let but I mean, change the rule set on him. Let's just change. I do this to my kids sometime in the room just to mess with them, kind of like Gable move. Like, <laughs> all right, now we're doing freestyle, or now you can't do this move, or just just to mess with the kids. They weigh in, Christian, and then you go, oh yeah, this is actually a folk style match. Just blow their minds. Come on, do it. Well, if they were both retired, I think I would have uh, I would have said, yeah, let's do that. But Lee Zach's like, he he wants, like, and actually Coach Slay oh, is like. Lee Zach, deal with it. It's folk style. 
<laughs> well, you can tell him that. They they want him they want to get him more matches um in freestyle, okay. you know. They're they're uh, it's it's serious business at the Pennsylvania RTC. Uh Nation versus McKenna was all always happening. We had announced uh Shilson Golston previously. So, yeah, 11 total matches. I think the we're going to um I think the first 3 matches we're actually going to live stream on on social. So, you'll be able to check the beginning out there. Uh, but then we're locking it up. Last eight. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm okay. looking forward to it. Excited for Austin. And this is a, this is going to be an outstanding weekend of wrestling. Oh, yeah. It's going to be an all-timer. Okay, let's go to uh, questions. Hey, that, that tweet you guys just put up and took down, uh, that, that was funny. Oh, the James Green You can flash it. Yeah. Still waiting for Flow Wrestling to let me double up. It's a picture of the, that Burroughs. That is gonna be the most like memeable wrestling picture of of all time. Burroughs sitting That's there. That's so memeable with the with the yeah. <laughs> it's a funny one. Um, okay, what does Ben think when coaches yell "high head wins" in a scramble situation? Does he agree or disagree with them? I so I I, I, well, I, I read the doc and I told you guys right before the show. I feel like I've answered this question already. So now maybe if I'm repeating myself, uh, forgive me. When I hear him yell this, it's just I just know they don't know what they're talking about as far as scrambles are concerned because two things. Number one, you do not always want your head high. There's a significant amount of situations where you actually want your head low, low center of gravity. You can bump into them, et cetera, et cetera. And then number two, generally speaking, there's much uh, more important things to do than getting your head high um, yeah. from a technical perspective. So uh, when I hear them yelling this, I think like they just don't understand the scramble, yet they want to yell something, so they just yell head high, whether it actually makes sense or not. Yeah, I wonder. There, there's so many wasted words and pointless words said from the corner. It's it's ridiculous. Are there any? Is there anything you can shout in a scramble that is like a tried and true principle that is just always true? Not real. Not really. Um, there's not really uh, anything like like that because there's so many different situations and it just do- doesn't make sense. Um, I guess one thing would be, you know, I would tell a guy to keep scrambling. For example, if I have a guy who, who doesn't have great offense, but he always wins scrambles. It's like, don't ever settle for a stalemate because I know if you just keep working here, you're, you're going to win, right? right? As opposed to just kind of hanging around for the stalemate. So that would be something... You know, I would be pushing to my high-level scramblers. Um, but there's not, like, a technical, like, you know, always grabbing a specific ankle or mm. whatever. There's not a technical thing that I would say you always do this. Yeah. Um, I agree, but I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, can you hear the music that's playing, Ben? That's why I keep looking at Ben. Okay, I'm glad. Somewhere, I don't know where. It sounds like someone. Not my computer. No, no, no. No, it's like it's it's somewhere here near us, but I don't know where it is. But it's Bader's really loud. I, Bader's not here. I don't, well, he's probably here nine thirty. The only so. thing I can think of is the construction oh. workers over there just jamming out. Yeah, construction crew. Sometimes <laughs> they jam out right like next to oh. our wall. There's a, like yeah, like right on the other side of this wall. They're doing construction. Yeah, it must be them. Yes. Okay. Construction work. Hang on. Well, they get you know we need them. Okay. Um. What was the best match from the opening week of D1 Wrestling? Ask City Wrestling Guy. I think mm. the best one I saw, uh, other than Mets Barnes, uh, <laughs> was Andonian versus Josh Howell. That was the best match I saw. I thought that was 
Very, very exciting. Um, that was my favorite. Very exciting match. I don't know if you guys have any favorites, but that was it for me. Probably the pick, I think. I mean, there wasn't, in all fairness, there wasn't tons of wrestling. Um, I think that's probably the one. Tight. Yeah, nothing really jumps out to me. It's like, this was must-see, awesome. Um, okay, Rashad Barry. In a recent interview, I believe JB said when he was younger, he was told not to cry after a match as a wrestler coach. What are your guys' thoughts? My coach always said he was okay with it because it showed passion that we cared. In defeat, he would say, remember this feeling. Yeah. I think it's – I would uh, – Yeah, I, you go, Ben. Go ahead. You go. Well, I would say – I was like, well, like so many things in life, there's no hard and fast right or wrong. I mean, if you got a guy in every duel is crying, that's a big problem. Like, that's – I, I think it's bad if he cries after like every match or, but I think, you know, you lose in a big match or something you really build up and train for. I, I think I, I understand it, but um, I think it makes, I mean, certainly, I mean, it's yeah. happened with guys I've coached before for sure. And I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think, I think um, there is something to like, you know, it also depends on your attitude coming out of it. Are you feeling sorry for yourself? Or are you just like truly devastated that something you really care about is not going to happen? Because I think that's yeah. that's perfectly healthy and reasonable. Yeah. I, so I, w- I would say that, that I mean, like after my second NCAA finals loss or the Olympics loss, like, I cried like a baby for, for, way, too, for way too long. Yeah. I don't know how long it was, but it was a long time. I remember the second one I tried going, Coach Smith really wanted me to go to this damn after party, and I just effing sat in the corner and cried. Uh, I probably shouldn't even went. I probably should have been more stubborn. Um, but I, so I would say it's, you know, it's, it's a composure thing. Mm-hmm. It, I don't want my guys crying or losing their composure during the matches. Uh, and I don't want them throwing a fit when they come off the mat, um, and looking like a butt face, but man, if, they, if you want to go in the corner and cry, cause you're sad, whatever. You know, if it's a little tournament, maybe don't sit there for too long. Hey, if you, if you've been looking, trying to be an Olympic champion your whole life and you lose, uh, if you want to go, if you want to go sit in the corner and cry for a couple of days, whatever, I'm cool with that. You know, it's okay, over, cry. it's over, it's done with. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's kind of how I go with it. But the, the composure is the big one for me. Don't do it during the match. Don't do it and throw a fit while other people are looking at you. But man, if you if you want to sulk for a little bit, sulk for a little bit, and then uh, let's get on with it. Yeah, um, um, crying's crying makes sense to me. Okay, um. JB, uh, I know from Kevin Mulder, I know JB is, get, is great and beaten DT before, but don't you think Jordan is getting too much respect with a one-and-a-half-point spread, which I suggested. Uh, DT has to have 20 pounds of muscle on JB. DT should tech JB. There, I said it. <clears throat> DT's who, really said, who said that? Kevin Mulder. He's a frequent <sighs> question asker. He is. Yeah. He's, he's a good one. Um, so don't light him on fire here, Ben. But yes. what are, what are your thoughts? Uh, I would say, did you not watch Gabe Dean versus David Taylor? Um, and that was really competitive all the way down to the end. Um, and I would put if I'm if I'm an odds maker, dude, I, a tech fall by David Taylor, I'm putting that at I don't know plus plus a couple thousand. Um, it is it is really high. I I do not foresee that happening. Um, you know, David doesn't really have great lace transition like JB does, 
and he's not doesn't have a really good gut wrench. So that means he's gonna take him down five more times than David Taylor's or than Jordan's gonna take him down. I don't see it. Yeah. Um you know, if he wins this match, it's gonna be it's gonna be on takedowns and counters and maybe some expo- I mean, obviously we saw the cradle back in twenty fourteen, but that just seems like ancient history at this point. They're both so evolved uh from that point. Yeah, it's you have to figure it's gonna be mostly takedowns. So a five takedown advantage against Jordan. I think Jordan has too much he has too much pride, I think, probably to get tech fault. I know it happened at, at the Olympics, but man, you just kind of throw that out. That I was, think, yeah, throw that one out. Throw it out. For sure. So I uh I don't uh I, I mean I think this is like one of the toughest matches to prognosticate ever because there's it's such an unknown with the size difference. If they were both the same weight class, I think it's so much easier, but just not knowing how much size is going to have a factor um, makes it tough. I, But I don't think David should tech Jordan Burroughs. I think David is the uh, is the on-paper favorite, with probably without question. But beyond yeah. that, I, th- I think it's kind of crazy not to think this is going to be a really competitive match uh, from both guys. I, that, that, yeah, that's how I feel. I think David's the favorite. Um I I I would be nervous if I so we're talking I'm gambling I would be nervous with a point spread um mm-hmm. uh, that's really close I I would not want to bet on that um you know if you're doing a plus two plus one and a half I I wouldn't want to bet on the spread because I could see it being anywhere in there um but if we're saying you know hey here's you know David's a plus I'm sorry Jordan's a plus one forty David's a minus one twenty I'm probably gonna bet on David. Um, cause that's just where I feel like who the favorite is, mm-hmm. but it's gonna, it's gonna be close. I mean, it, I would be completely blown away if either of these guys wins by more than say three points. If it goes three, you know, if Jordan wins by five, I would be blown away. If David wins by five, I'd be blown away. I think it's going to be like really close in there somewhere. I can see four happening. If guy down too late. He's coming, he's coming. A takedown would give him the lead or whatever, or, you know, cut it that much closer and they give up a late takedown. So I think four, four could happen. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be absolutely we're, – we're going to – it's going to be compelling and close, I think, right up towards yeah. so, towards the end. And, and Christian, even though yeah, – okay, I guess you – so I said three. I think you're right. I think you're more correct at saying four. But a four-point win, just the Gabe Dean – the Gabe Dean – David Taylor's the, the perfect example. It's literally a two point match, and Gabe Dean has to go try to win the match. And he, if he gets the takedown, he wins. But if he misses the takedown, the other guy gets it, then it's a four point match. So I think that's probably, uh, you're probably better than saying plus four. That, and, and even a plus four could be like a down to the wire thing. Yes, exactly right. Um, that's just kind of way freestyle works. Um, okay. This is kind of a funny question. What are each of your least favorite topics brought up on cues from F's? And I asked this question because I think the actual answer is in the questions for me in, a, in another question. Um, but I'm curious what your answers are. Well, I would say, I think you're the one who chooses the question. So I'm guessing most of the really dog crap ones we don't, we don't get to see. Um, that, that's what, that's what I would guess. I don't have to see all the garbage ones. Cause you probably, you know, kind of scan and, and pick the good ones. You don't just put them all on there. Well, I would say, um, no. Um, yeah, that is true. But I was actually thinking of the questions we ask anyways, like what are the ones I'm like mm. least interested in? And it's for me, 
it's the hypothetical UFC champion wrestling questions. <laughs> I feel like we get asked that all the time. Like, who what do you mean? Who do you think would win? What wrestlers will translate well to MMA? What I mean, I feel like oh, I get asked that all yeah, the time. Oh, yeah, you're right. And like the real Avery Lynch, who shout out to him. He always asks good questions, but he asked which U.S. woman wrestler would have the best chance to be a UFC champion. Mm. And I always just say the best wrestler. Because I don't, I don't freaking know. I don't really like the UFC that much. It's fine. I watched it when Ben wrestled or when Ben fought in it. But really, beyond that, I never really cared. Um, so I don't know. I would say Helen Marulis, but she's not probably ever gonna go MMA with her concussion problems. So I don't know. Yeah, Adeline. Um, yeah, I mean, that you're right. That is that is an annoying one because it's like whoever chooses to, whoever chooses to do it will likely have quite a bit of success, as we've seen you know, over the course of history. There've been there have been very few which have had minimal success. I mean, there's there's been almost zero who've had no success. Yeah. But then there's some like who's really great, like a Bubba Jenkins or Ed Ruth, who they're good, but they're not like great at fighting. Mm-hmm. Which those ones were shocking to me. Or a Jake Rochalt, I, you know, I thought they could be really good. And then there's some of those that um, you don't see coming. Who they're they're much much better fighters than they were wrestlers, and that would be like. Uh, a TJ Dillashaw, Steve mm. Miocic, who like they were national qualifiers. It's not like they were bad wrestlers, but they also weren't great. And as Weidman. fighters, they're like Weidman, right? I mean, mm. he was at least all. I mean, Steve and yeah. TJ were never all Americans, but Weidman was like, you know, these guys are all world champions. They are really, really high level fighters, and they weren't as good as Marty from Nebraska, Colby, Gaethje. Um, Gaethje. They're all much better fighters than they were wrestlers. And I don't really know why that translate. Maybe, you know, a portion of it is because now, um, after that t- 2018, me, Henry, and Daniel, most of the best guys actually stay in wrestling. Yeah. Um, but there is probably something about those guys. Maybe it's their athleticism. Maybe they got started wrestling late where they just weren't quite as good of a wrestler as they are a fighter. They're a much better fighter. Demetrius Johnson wrestled too, right? Demetrius was, uh, I don't even think he wrestled in college, but yeah, I mean, he's a Dominic Cruz was, I think, you know, uh, so there's been a lot of them who have been like wrestlers, but not real high level wrestlers who have then went on to be world champions. Robbie Lawler would be another one. I think he was like a state place winner or something. Um, So a lot of guys who maybe were wrestlers, not even high level wrestlers, but then went on to, you know, have really, really high level success. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, that is a that is a tough question right there when they ask that. Okay, I think this will be the last one. Do you think we'll see Ragason over Medley this year after his recent success? So, man, he's gonna be a tough guy to keep out. My big question is, can he make twenty five consistently, even though it's a shortened year? I I think he's kind of big for the weight personally. You think um, so? Yes. I, I have no inclination on this one. He's big. I think he's a. I think he's a big twenty-five. Um, I thought he looked big at senior nationals. I thought, and then you know, I, I to use the nomad reference, I stood next to him. I <laughs> the RGC Cup. I think he's. I think he's a good sized guy. And then of course thirty-three. If Michich is back, then he's not beating out Michich. So I don't know. I think it's an interesting roster battle. Um, I feel like the upside is with Ragason. But I don't know. I mean, he he, he was so freestyle. Yeah. Like, he was so out of nowhere for us, his freestyle success, that I'm like, whoa, is he really just jumped levels that that quickly? Well, yeah, but, because one of the things we referenced why it was so surprising, Christian, was he lost three high school matches last year. 
I don't remember. I mean, they're also really good people, but nevertheless, he had, he lost three folk style high school matches last year. And then, so then for to see him do that well at senior nationals was kind of uh, a shocker. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So I think we'll see him some, but I don't know. Um, well, yeah. if Mitchik isn't there, then obviously we'll see him probably full time at one thirty three. Right. Right. So, yeah, um, that's one of the more interesting roster battles. Of course, the man, Kurt McHenry, also looms, but I don't think he's going to be in the mix just yet at Michigan. Um, I think they're still trying to make him a bigger person because he's just a small 125-pounder. But hopefully one day, hopefully one day we see him uh, on the D1 scene. All right, uh, with that, I think it's go time. It's even the heart of Texas. We got a big old week. Ben's coming to town. Everyone's coming to town. So much good wrestling. Who knows what we're going to talk about tomorrow. Maybe we dive a little bit deeper on this card. So much to talk about. Thank you guys so much for tuning in all this weekend. Thanks for watching the Gable Doc. Man, it's a great, great time to be a wrestling fan. This is going to be an incredible week. We'll be back tomorrow on Hump Day. Bring more wrestling discussion. Thanks so much. We will see you then. Happy Tuesday. Peace.